Cal Kestis fights to survive. An ancient evil threatens the Old Republic. Critical battles are waged and more as the Sky Guys are back to discuss potential Star Wars video game adaptations. Alright, we are back here. Video game month in full swing here on the podcast on the Sky Guys. We have obviously giving you all the Jedi Fallen Order recap last week. Today, we're going to dive into the world of ad adapting the video games for Star Wars, see which ones could go Last of Us style and have a TV series on HBO or Prestige Network like Disney, or you could have a movie like the Mario movies come out or some of the Sonic movies. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Phillips. Join me today, as always, the man who's voice here in the narration every single week. Pete Constantine is here. Pete, how are you? Doing well. Love video games. Love Star Wars. Love talking to you guys. So it's uh, it's going to be a great show. I'm excited. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited to jump into it. Also with us today, the owner of the, of the main bar on Kobo, Nick Fred is here. Nick, how are you? Doing great. Same as Pete. Love video games, love Star Wars, love talking about it. So let's talk about video games and Star Wars. Yeah. Video games and Star Wars are always a fun conversation here. And Pete, people want to keep with us there, keep up with us during video game month. They can subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts, Google play, tune in, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all digital suspects. Simply search for the Sky Guys on your favorite podcast platform. Final episodes there, and video game month is a good time to get in. There's a lot of fun stuff planned this month. Yeah, a lot of exclusives. Um, if you're not joined or subscribed to the feed already, you're probably only seeing this on YouTube. You're not going to hear it on the drive, uh, you know, drive to work in your your morning commute. So, I would definitely subscribe so you can get that early access. Excuse me, exclusive access. Um, and, uh, you're going to miss out on some stuff if you haven't done it. So, so if you, if you've been listening to us for a long time, I say all the time, well, what are you doing? Let's get you subscribed. It's free. Why not? Yeah. Plus if you like what you hear, leave us some feedback and start writing that will help us get more attention from people who couldn't enjoy the podcast besides you guys. And Nick, people want to keep us on social media after they do that. Follow at sky guys podcast. That's both on Instagram and Twitter. A lot of fun reels going up there with little clips from our episodes. Yeah, a lot of fun clips going up here. Go also follow the YouTube channel, Mike Phelps on YouTube, for the full video version of the podcast here. We have some props coming up here. And since he is a frequent uh, guest in all these video games here, we're going to break out uh, Darth today. Yeah, he's a frequent guest in everything Star Wars related, right? Yeah, I feel like he is the main enemy in every video game you play. Yeah. Most of them here, but... Nick, it's been a little while since we did some Star Wars news. Let's, let's catch up on some of the things that have been happening over the last couple of weeks. Um, so the first thing here is the I, I not want the name the name uh the name is against me. It is called the Galactic Star Cruiser, I believe. Yeah. The Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, which is the um that hotel experience that we all heard so much about that was like forty thousand dollars for two nights. That's closing. At the end of September, um, I would imagine the reason it's just way too expensive. No one went. They lost. They didn't get what they needed to get. And I, I guess they could transform this thing into some sort of regular hotel, or I'm not sure. We'll see what happens with it. But not surprising, it's gone. Yep. Pete, we could have seen this coming a mile away. I got to say, I'm excited to hear your production work, because for the fa <laughs> fast down of a year, Using Zoom, all your production work didn't come through. That came through, so it, it <laughs> added to, the, to to my experience at least. Usually on our end, a little behind the scenes, 
we don't hear shit. We yeah. just hear blank silence. We're like, okay, Mike's yeah. doing something with production. So yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah, I, I we called this. I think when this was first announced, I think literally before it opened, we said this is not going to last because of the price point and that they were going to price themselves out. And we're and we're seeing it right. Um, not a bad idea. Just just not for that price. Not for that price point. There's a lot of hardworking families out there that are already spending a ton of money to go to Disney on its uh, by itself on its own without this Galactic Star Cruiser experience. So it. I I I'm actually I don't want to say impressed, but I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. Yeah, I think it's lasted long, Pete, as, as the uh, is the uh, Arizona Coyotes, as long as Gary Batman's trying to keep them in the market. They should just leave. <laughs> they they need to just leave. Arizona doesn't want them. But let's not get off tangent. We can talk about that in a different podcast. All right, Nick. What else you got in the news department? Uh, Tony Gilroy, showrunner of Andor, has officially stopped production on Andor season two thanks to the writers' strike. Yeah, so Tony Gilroy, uh, apparently he had been talking about this. We said that Andor is still in production here, but Tony Gilroy, who is the showrunner, Pete, not involved anymore while the strike is going on. Disney is powering on without him. So how do you feel about this? Um, I don't know. I, I'd have to look at the finished product. I think I, I think a lot of these projects that we're going to probably talk about um, with the writer's strike, I don't know what to expect. I don't know how it's going to impact it, if it's going to negatively impact it, if it's going to positively impact it, and it it makes them kind of step away from the show a little bit and decide to come back. Maybe that gives them a little more creative, I don't know, a little more creative ideas than if they were just kept powering through. Um, But... uh, Look, it's it's weird to see. It's hard to see. Obviously, you don't want one of your main showrunners to be just gone because of the of the strike. Um, but again, I have to wait till the finished product. I Andor season one was was really good. I feel like Andor season two is going to be fine. It just may be a little delayed in coming out. Yeah, I, I'm a little worried. I just hope that they let him actually finish it after the strike and don't just shove it out for August. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know what deadlines are like for Disney Plus. I feel like Disney has been okay with pushing shows. I mean, they pushed Bad Batch. Um, Is there another show that got put? Well, well, pushed up was Obi Wan. They decided to release it early, but I feel I feel like they'll be okay with it. I don't think there's, um, I don't think there's going to be a problem if it's delayed a month. Yeah, Nick. Another. I think it's another uh, strike related note we got to mention. Yeah, Mando season four is probably going to be delayed because of this. Yeah, that's we got. We'll have to see. I mean, we'll we'll have to see what happens with all this stuff and the strike. We talked about the strike in detail, pretty much. And if the strike ends relatively soon, I think we're okay, and and things will you know oh it'll be delayed a few weeks, no big deal. But if this strike doesn't end. By Labor Day, if it's going into the winter, you know, around then, then we're gonna be in big trouble. Yeah, I hope for historical note, the writer's strike of two thousand seven, Nick lasted a hundred days, so that'd be right around your Labor Day threshold there. Okay, that wouldn't be the end of the world then. And then the last piece of news I'm gonna mention here, because in the interest of time, is Dave Filoni's Star Wars movie apparently has a title. It's apparently called Heir to the Empire. Now. I don't really think that's the actual name. I think that's just what they're basing it on. They're basing it on the book or the series of books, but uh, it's out there as a rumor. Maybe it's called that. We'll find out. Uh, Pete, are you you familiar with the book, the Heir of the Empire book that Thrawn originally came from? Um, I am not, but I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the Ahsoka trailer 
mentions Thrawn as the heir to the Empire, I think. When we see Thrawn walking away, obviously it came from that book, but I, ne- I never had, had read it. Um, and I didn't hear about it until all this this stuff started to pop up. So that's kind of where I I thought I, f- I thought I heard it and I, it made sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I do. Well, f- and it, it, the book came out in the 90s. It's a Legends book now. It's not considered canon. And it's the book that introduced Thrawn. Yeah. It's the first appearance of Thrawn in Legends, that is. And canon, the first appearance, I would imagine, would be Rebels, right? Yeah, I would think so. I, I I'll look it up. I'm sure it's Rebels, but um, yeah. So that's yeah, that's um that book, and I, I, I I'm assuming it's just gonna be based on it. Yeah, I will say also, Nick, like something potentially for our off season pile after Ahsoka here. If we get a lot of the drawn connections to the book. Maybe do a Star Wars book club where we sort of like take a look at that book and sort of like the Thrawn, Timothy Zahn Thrawn series. Maybe something we could consider for the future. Maybe. All right. I believe I'll, I'll toss to Pete here. I believe Pete has something he wants to bring up. Yeah, really quickly, since we're on the topic of Ahsoka, did you guys see that there was a possibility of the Ahsoka poster leaking with the release date? I did catch that. I saw that Disney quickly refuted it and said that that is not correct. Right, so I, I thought it was I thought it was funny that the 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 leaked poster said August thirty first. I'm like, if that's true, they literally let, waited to the last day of August so they could say <laughs> August twenty twenty three. Meanwhile, it's pretty much September. I just thought it was funny. I wanted to throw that out there just to see if you guys had heard about it. So is August thirty first a Wednesday? I have no clue. It's August thirtieth is a Wednesday, so uh, it could be that. So maybe closer. But yeah, I found it funny. I found it. I just found it hysterical. I was like that can't be. Right, but I wanted to see what you guys saw and what you what you guys heard. I hadn't seen it, but uh, since we're well, let's let's talk some video games, Mike. I'll throw one more quick news thing out there. I, I think this is funny. I do want to mention this one in terms of not like pressing here, but Julio White, who played Urkel on Family Matters, he's going to be in Skeleton Crew, Pete, as a pirate. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. I, I look, we we've had our comments and our opinions about having famous people that have not been in Star Wars be inserted into Star Wars. I hope that if Jaleel White's going to be in it, he's in it for the majority. He's not just a cameo like they've been doing. That's all I'm going to say. I'm sure he's going to do a great job. He's a great actor. I just, hopefully he actually fits the part and he plays an actual role in the show and not just is inserted to be like, oh, look, that's Steve Urkel, right? Like, I, I, I don't want that anymore in Star Wars for any actor or actress. Yeah, I hope they resist the urge again. The did I do that line in as his character? I think that should be pretty funny. But <laughs> all right, so now let's get to the video games here. What's the news here? So let's talk a little bit of our own little individual backgrounds here with some of these video games here. So Nick, like, what's your history with the Star Wars video games? Like, what are some of the ones you played? Sorry, I lost the mute button there. Yeah. It's really not that. Um intense i really haven't played that many to be honest with you i've never played most of them to be honest with you i played fallen order i played i tried playing star Star wars squadrons that's for the newer ones i played the newer battlefront and battlefront 2 i did not play the originals on playstation 2 or that era and i guess i played the the arcade game you know like the, the the arcade star wars games but other than that just shadows of the empire for the n64 and that's probably it i never played the older battlefront games i never played any of the jedi knight series I never played any of the cold war games I never played the force unleashed 
So it's been a lot that I haven't played. Uh, Pete, how about you? What, what games did you play? So I'm kind of in the same boat as Nick. The only, I want to say, three or four that I've played uh, from our list is Rogue Squadron I played. Um, I played the newer Battlefronts, not the older ones, just like Nick. Um, I played the Force Unleash, and I did play Jedi Fallen Order. Soon to be Jedi Survivor, still need to start that. But um, the rest of them I have not touched, and some of them I haven't even heard of. I gotta be honest. Yeah, well, I've I feel like I actually have the most video games played, which is a very interesting situation here because I think I was a big one back in the day. I played the Rogue Squadron games back in the day on the on the GameCube; those were a lot of fun. I I think I dabbled in Jedi Knight for like one of the games, I didn't actually finish it. Battlefront, the newer ones and the older ones. I played. I did not play Shadow of the Empire. I have played Kodor. I finished the first one. I got most of the way through the second one, and then obviously the Jedi game. So. We do have a good mix of backgrounds here in some of these games here. So I think what we're going to do today is going to look at the situation here because uh, after we have had a lot of video game adaptations in our culture here, Nick, with uh, the Sonic movies, the Mario movie, the one that inspired this, I think, for us was The Last of Us show on HBO, which is which is great. Yep. Yeah. And now, correct me or, or, or fill me in here. Have you played The Last of Us game? I have not played the game yet. I did buy the game. I'm going to play it. Okay, but you've watched the show. I have watched the first season of the show, yes. The only season. Well, they are... As of, as of now. Well, they are going to make a season two after the writer's strike. Right, I just mean it's not... You know, you watched all you could. There's nothing else for you to watch. Yes, that's correct, so... But uh, what you're asking me what makes a successful adaptation, right? Yeah, so we're going to talk about this here. Like, what makes the video game adaptation successful? Why did The Last of Us work? Why did the movies work? The Sonic, the Marios, the Detective Pikachus? Like, how, why did they work? I'll be honest, I think The Last of Us works for a completely different reason than the other ones do. The Last of Us works because HBO just has a thing. I don't know what it is, but when a show's on HBO, it's instantly considered better than, even. I don't want to say better than it is, because I love The Last of Us, I love all the shows on HBO that I watch, but just because a show's on HBO, maybe they're just a better team at creating shows. People go, oh, it's an HBO show, I'm interested, I want to watch it. And then you get a big actor in it, you get a big actress in it, you get Bella Ramsey, you get um Pedro Pascal you have like big names in it and and the reason that game works or excuse me that show works is not because of the game being so good which it is it's because of the story like that story is just made for tv I always held off playing that game and didn't play it until this year I played it actually I played it you know while the show was airing and one of the reasons why I didn't play it was because I would play the game and I would say to myself, I don't want to play this. I just want to watch it. I just want this to be a show. And then it was a show. And uh, that's great. But I think it's different than like why Detective Pikachu worked and why Mario worked and Sonic. Those work because people will sit in the theaters and be like, oh, I remember that from the game. I remember that part. Oh, that's so cool. Like this is a part of my childhood. When The Last of Us worked because it was just a great story. Yeah. So, P, I think Nick brings up two great points here as to why they work, whether it's, you know, the story is worth telling in a television format, which is The Last of Us sort of to a T, and, like, being faithful to that storyline. Whereas, like, the Sonic, the movie ones tend to be, oh, the action of the video game translates well to the screen. There's nostalgia here. So I do think there's two different angles to look at here at the adaptations. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with Star Wars, and you, you gentlemen can correct me if I'm wrong, I think especially with Star Wars, since we've already got to know most of the characters, I think what's going to be the deciding factor for this list is the storyline and not necessarily the action or the characters, right? I mean, we, with the exception of Darth Revan, for me, I feel like all the characters here, we've seen to some capacity. We know how 
um, Star Wars goes, it's going to be a strong storyline for me, at least when I start, when I look at these, um, this list and the four of them that I know. A uh, perfect example, not to go on a tangent, uh, the game, the new game, Squadrons, just Squadrons, not Rogue Squadrons. Unless they want to make like a Top Gun Star Wars show, <laughs> I don't know what kind of story you can have with it. Um, but yeah, yeah we'll, I, we'll get into it. Yeah, I do think in terms of Squadrons, I do get your idea there. I do think that, for example, we'll get to this in a minute, I think Rogue Squadron is better suited for that kind of game, that kind of adaptation. And I mean, they do have the quote-unquote project of Rogue Squadron is still alive. I wonder if they should go to the video game well for that one and draw inspiration from that. All right, so with that in mind, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to go through a list of some of the most notorious Star Wars video games because, Nick, you, if you believe there's over 100 different Star Wars video games. Yeah, I believe that. I played. I once played a game named Yoda Stories on the yeah. PC, so I believe it. There's over 100. We went. We did the homework. We went through the list, and we curated, I think, the best candidates to discuss as whether this would be a TV show, a movie, or neither. They just stay as video games. If you want the story, go play the game and have fun with the game. So we'll start out here with – we'll start with Rogue Squadron, actually, which is basically a dogfighting-style game in the X-Wings, and there was a series of them for – Nick, they started N64 and then migrate to GameCube, if I remember correct. I think so, but let me see if maybe it started. It may have started on PC, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I actually, the only system that was on was PC and uh, N64, I think. Yeah, so we have the N, we have this, and, and of course, GameCube, sorry. Yeah, the, the Star Wars Rogue Squadron games here is a lot of fun here playing those games because you could basically have these big X Wing dogfights throughout here. You play through some of the classic like fights in the in the movies. Yeah, they have some new ones for you here. Pete, I do think you were on something here. I think if they wanted to do Top Gun style Star Wars, like following like a team of like 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 fun X Wing pilots as they go through some of the biggest battles in space, I think it would be a be a fun movie. I I don't know. I think it would be a good short film. I don't know if I would make it a feature film. I uh, I can see it almost being like a holiday special that Disney Plus kind of throws out there. I don't necessarily know. I mean, for me, I would like it, but I don't know for the masses how many people would be like, oh, it's Top Gun, but Star Wars? Let me get to the theater, right? So I think it would work better as like a Disney Plus holiday special where it's maybe like an hour and 20, but I don't know if you consider that a successful video game adaptation or not. I was thinking this would be a animated show interesting more than it would be like a season just one season long animated show you follow a group of rebels who get in weight in ways of the empire kind of like rebels was a little bit but you're looking more into the actual original trilogy and seeing other characters in their point of view maybe and you have a little call because if it's animated you can throw in luke and something like that and have luke be in the background and have him walk by and be in an episode maybe and I know you can do that, but you know, very expensive. And that's how I see this with being like a one season long, 12 episode little thing animated. That's like follows the, the timeline of the original trilogy from other characters point of views. So I may like the red squadron kind of deal and have like wedge be your main character. Maybe. Yeah. That's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah. I think that would be fun. I do think that even like, you could do a 12 episode animated thing, but I think if I think for me, Pete, the selling point is the effects. I think if you can get the effects right, 
I think it's going to be a banger. I think that, like, people love Top Gun Maverick because of the effects of that movie and how incredible it was, plus the storyline was good. And, like, you could have a situation here, you know, like, you get, like, a fun cast, do, like, a Obi-Wan-length six-episode Disney Plus series. You could have some fun with it. Why not? I'm, I just don't know. To me, the point of this is it's successful. I don't know if it's going to be successful. I think I would enjoy it, but I don't think it's going to be, like, highly rated, I guess is where I'm coming from. Yeah, I guess to go to the point Nick has made in the past here in terms of, like, if you go to the person on the street and say, look, they're making a Rogue Squadron series on Disney+, Plus. you're going to watch it. I don't know if you're getting a lot of appeal there. Right, I, 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 Craig, to me, your opinion here, I think I would rather take a chance with something like that on Disney Plus, then go to a theater and completely flop. Yeah. Which is my reason why the 2023 Rogue Squadron movie is not coming out. I think it could end on Disney Plus. The movie, you mean? Yes. We, we shall see. Reformatize the show. We know they have gone from the movie to show well in the past. We shall see. All right. Let's go forward here. Uh, you guys want to talk about the Jedi Knight series? I gotta be honest. Don't even know. I will give the education that. on that one. So, uh, is- yeah, my I don't know much about this except that um, that there's I ran from like the late '90s to like early 2000s. That's really all I really know. Yeah. So basically, it's a series of first and third person shooter games. It's the main character is a guy named Kyle Katarn, who's a former Imperial officer who joins the rebellion at one point. We find out later on he becomes a Jedi, which is where the Jedi Knight part of it comes in. He works with Luke Skywalker at his temple, like t- teaching uh, future Jedi here. So this could be something interesting here. If you want to look at the Luke Skywalker timeline, that maybe you could pull elements from this into something else, Nick. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, too late though, right? I mean, I'm not going to... Until they show us that they're willing to do anything relating multiverse or... Or time travel, I'm not expecting it. Maybe the Ahsoka show is that. We'll, we'll see. But I'm, I don't see them going away from their established timeline anytime soon. But, uh, Pete, my argument would be, like, this is something that you can see them, you know, bringing in here. And they want to do a Luke Skywalker kind of show without having Luke there all the time. You could bring in somebody new and say, oh, this is Kyle Katara. And maybe tweak his backstory and draw some inspiration from the game. That kind of show like that. Sure. Um... My only my only gripe is I I think we, we've said this before I want to get away from this timeline a little bit but I, I I think you could make it work I think you could make it work I just not to say it's not fresh but it's like how many times we're we gonna watch someone try to train a Jedi I feel like that's been a storyline forever and I want to get away from it a little bit so I feel like it might just be overplayed but I think that I think you're right I think it still could work as a show. I think I, I, I'm sure we're going to go through this whole list, and I think it will work as a show. I just don't know how successful that's going to be. I feel like we've had that so many times already, you know? Yeah, I think my one differentiating point here, I think we have the gap period where Luke is training the next generation of Jedi. We saw this with Grogu a little bit in Book of Boba Fett, where he's looking for students, and maybe, you know, he could find Kyle Katar, and we get the exploration of that style of Luke teaching Jedi that way, and then sort of have Kyle, like, be the protagonist, where Luke is a secondary character. Fair point. I think, obviously, going back to, like, 
prequel era is not working or even originally we are thinking that in the Mandoverse timeline this could fit if they wanted to. Possibly. And I think this would also be a show. I don't think this would be a movie. No, I'm with you. I think if this were to come to any to, to the screen in any fashion, it's gonna be a Mandoverse show. And I think we could see. I mean, there are rumors flying around that Luke Skywalker's going to show up in the Mandoverse movie. So this could be an interesting way to sort of check in on him before that. Could be. I'm not against it. All right. Let's go on to the next one on the list here. Go to the story mode of Battlefront 2 because obviously the Battlefront games is basically those massive, like, shooting games where first-person shooters you're playing out the legendary Star Wars battles. But, Nick, you want to talk a little bit about the story mode from Game 2? So Battlefront 2 came out in 2017 with a very, very poor um, uh, launch due to the microtransactions and all that. But but we are not talking about any of that stuff right now because we're not talking about the multiplayer with the single player. So the single player campaign um, took place like directly after Endor. Actually kind of took place during Endor. The beginning of it. And it had and it and it held the contingency plan of the Empire within it. And you are a Imperial named um Eden Iden, I believe it was. Iden Verso. Versio, that's it. You're Iden Versio and you and you basically you defect and become um you become a rebel or at that point part of the New Republic, whatever. And it's about the time between Endor and Jakku, which we've learned in the story was about a year of fighting. And it's about that time, which is pretty interesting. I found the story mode to be really cool. Like there was one mission where you control Leia and you go to Naboo. And that was awesome. And you're running in the streets of Deed, like your mother was at one point. And then the story flash, flash, excuse me, fast forwards in a DLC to the time that's pretty much right before The Force Awakens. And you are the same character, but much older at this point. You'll be 25 years later, 30 years later. So it, it just shows you some stuff from the rise of the uh, First Order. All right. So that's the background here, Pete. In terms of. I, I would say, before you get going, sorry, Mike. I would say, though, in terms of the show coming, I think we, have to, we would have to ignore that DLC because they're not going to do a show that spans over 30 years. Guys, I was not going to talk about the DLC. I figured that was sort of like something that they could do in one flashback, flash forward scene if they wanted to. I was thinking here. Yeah, right. In terms of the main games of individual storyline from Battlefront 2, do you think this would work in either a movie or a show, or should we leave it alone? Uh, I would leave it alone. I just, uh, how, just from the pure timeline standpoint, we're just, yes, it's cool to see a different perspective of stuff that we've seen on screen, but uh, leave it alone. You have a lot of other things that we can go through. There's a lot of other video games we're going to hit that have nothing to do with this timeline. I say just leave it on the table. I don't think you need to make anything of it. Uh, Nick, I think the only way this works is if it's a movie, because this is all bad. I, I agree. It's a lot of action, fighting, cool sequences. I admit the Leia on feed is problematic considering they don't want to recast Carrie Fisher, but like, I think you could pick and choose and make a very fun movie out of this. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I would leave it alone too, but if you had to do something with this, I think this works as a movie because there is a little bit of confusion 
and it's no one's fault except Disney's, but there's a little bit of confusion on how we get from the end of Return of the Jedi to the beginning of The Force Awakens and what happened in that time frame, especially the one year after Return of the Jedi, when there was a full year still of fighting before the Empire officially gave up, if you will, through the white flag. There was a year after the Emperor was destroyed, or so we thought, but until they actually forfeit. So I, no one really knows that. And then it's like, yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I'd like to maybe see a show like that that shows us how did the war really end? And we went from rebels to New Republic and overthrowing an empire. How did that happen? Like, maybe we can actually see that happening on screen. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, I think I agree with you guys. I think leave it alone is probably the safest course of action for this because, again, like, I don't know how much there is inside the action, but, like, I think they could, if they wanted to, I mean, this might be something they can consider visiting because technically, Nick, this is canon, correct? Yeah, it's canon. They could definitely consider adapting this if, like, some of these more, these first three movies are successful. Uh, she, um, looking at some stuff here is pretty ridiculous how they do this, but... Uh, Iden Versio, the main character, apparently was present at the Battle of Yavin. Huh. How about that? And the Battle of Scarif and all. I mean, she didn't, you don't see her or anything. It's just... They just said, oh, she was one of the pilots from that fight. And, it's, you know, kind of silly. But it's it's fun. Alright. Let's go to Bounty Hunter. This is, a, this is an interesting game here, which I happen to play a little bit of. I don't think you guys ever remember it. This, is, this came out back in 2002, right after Attack of the Clones came out here. This is a game, Pete, where... You are basically playing as Django Fett, and you're playing through, like, his relationship, how he ends up working for Dooku prior to Attack of the Clones, and how he goes on missions for him, he's hunting down one a former Dark Jedi, he's meeting Zam Wessel, they're doing missions together, like, that's the storyline of this game, it's basically like a bounty hunting action kind of first-person shooter kind of game, so, would you touch this material at all? Nope. <laughs> we have Book of Boba Fett, we have Mandalorian, we have all six episodes, we have uh we have Bounty Hunters and Clone Wars. We're we're done. I'm good. Thank you very much. I appreciate all that's out there already, but we're leaving this in my opinion. Uh Nick, you agree with Pete? Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I think it would be really, really cool to see a bounty hunter and actually have a show about a bounty hunter similar to what we thought Boba Fett was gonna be, like him being a badass. But it if they're just going to make him a softy like they would, probably I'm out. Yeah, and the fun fact about this game also, uh, Tim Morrison actually did voice Django Fett for the game. My favorite actor. Yep. You're one of your favorite actors. So I think I agree. I think I'll give us a pass. I feel like we need to get away from the Boa Fett, Django Fett angle for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see more Django. That'd be cool, but sorry, not, not in this way. All right. Uh, Nick, you want to talk about Shadow of the Empire? Yeah, I, I will. So it's a little confusing because there's a game and there's also um, a lot more than that. There's a there's books to go with it. There, the Shadows of the Empire is its own like section of Star Wars. Did that even make sense? So the, the, the plot, I'll give you the, the quick synopsis of it is... Um, during the Empire Strikes Back, the opening scene of the game, rather, of is uh, the Battle of Hoth. And you, you actually are walking in the Echo Base, and you see the Falcon 
getting away, which is similar to like in the uh, the movie where the Falcon gets away, and then you're stuck on the base. You're controlling a character named Dash Rendar, who growing up for some reason I always thought he was Han Solo's brother, but that is not true. And um, it's honestly just a very fun game, but I just couldn't. I, I played this game when I was like six. So I didn't know what I was doing. And I just got stuck on the first. I never beat the second level, I don't think. I would just run around and just collect stuff and just run around and shoot people and just keep running around and then just get bored and turn it off. So I never actually advanced in this game, but I know that you fight Boba Fett. I know you fight IG-88. I know Luke and Lando and Leia and Chewie are in it and Coruscant and Prince Caesar, who they they say one day will make his way into canon, but... We haven't seen it yet, and he's like a man. What's the species? We've seen his species in the in the Clone Wars before. I just don't know the name of them. If you can look it up. Maybe you know. It's how many? I don't know. Yeah, I did look. I do remember the species showing up in uh in that show. It says it's a Falene. That's the name of the species. Yeah, I mean, he's also in um this is technically canon because he was mentioned in a book, or but yeah, it would be really really nice. Richard to the comic, rather. Really nice to see that storyline again. I just don't know how you'd make it work. Yeah, because I think, Pete, the problem with this one, I think it was fun, and I do remember this game being very entertaining, is that the time period is the problem here, because you're going between uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of a Jedi, and considering that our actor's now 30 years past that point, we don't, Carrie Fisher's no longer with us, I don't know how you pull that off. Yeah, I think that's a tough one. I think, um, I mean, you guys all said it. I mean, I think I think it's just the time period. If you have to recast, if you try a deep fake and all that stuff. So I think, uh, to me, leave this one as well. I, I think the only way this works, and it, it doesn't work as a adaptation on the screen, I think if you just really want to revisit this in some way, I think a, a remake of the game would be great. Yeah. Would that's you, the only that, way. I, that's really all I could see them doing now. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. I would be into that. But I don't know if a show or a movie would work. This game's really not accessible. I mean, it's it's a Nintendo sixty four game originally. It eventually came out on the PC. I would, I don't know how that works. Can you still play this game on PC? I think a lot of the N sixty four games are ported for Switch now. I don't know how many are available at the moment, but I feel I don't like think this one. But this you're one's right. Not. Yeah, I don't think this one. I have the Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion, whatever. It's ridiculous what they call it, but this is not one of them. Yeah, so this is one I think that maybe we can see in a couple of years. Like this game gets an update, and if they want to try and bring Prince Caesar, I think the most interesting character in the game and the storyline into canon. But like, I don't think we're gonna do like a big adaptation of this. Yeah, agreed. there is a petition on Change.org to bring Shadows of the Empire to Nintendo Switch. Just so you know, Nick should go sign the petition. I feel like I would need the game to be remade, though, rather than just ported, because it's probably going to control so terribly, like all these games do. Like, we, we think we want to play these games, and then we start playing them on a new system, and we go, wait a minute, this is not as good as I remember. All right, let's go ahead now to The Force Unleashed here. And, Pete, you said you played this game a lot. Do you want to talk about The Force Unleashed? Both The Force Unleashed 1 and 2, I think, are phenomenal. Don't ask me what the storyline is because it's been forever. But I remember it was freaking awesome. You're like the Apprentice, right? Oh, it's so good. I, 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 I 
definitely, 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 definitely would want to see this as a show or a movie. Probably more practical as a movie because of the content of the... I don't think the game was a long game when it came to the storyline. So to stretch that over seven or eight hours versus two and a half, I feel like the two and a half is probably the better. Yeah, so basically Pete has the plot right. It's basically the main character is a Vader secret apprentice named Starkiller who gets sent to hunt down survivors of Order 66. And then he gets information from Vader. He's playing to overthrow the Emperor. You basically have to choose whether you're going to work with Vader or you're going to go against him and try and, you know, defect a little bit here. So, Nick, I agree. This would be a fun movie here. And I do think, that, believe it or not, they did sneak the Starkiller costume into Andor, right? Oh, yeah. I think you're right. They did. Um, It's very over the top, though, from what I know. Like, very. Pulling ships out of the sky. They'd have to tone it back a little bit or else he's That's the like most opening. He's, yeah, he's like the most powerful Jedi in the history of all Star Wars if you're going to keep this to the normal or to what he actually was in the in the game. So they're going to have to scale it back a bit. Yeah, I could see them considering it, but like, I feel like in, there's a lot of petition for... This game's on the Switch, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people who have been screaming for years that we want Starkiller in canon. I have to say, I think that a show with a really, really, really badass Sith apprentice and then like have Vader obviously be even more badass and figure it out. But I, I, I could you imagine that was on screen? Just that opening scene from I think it was Force Unleashed 2. Am I wrong about that? Or it was it was one of the two, obviously, where he pulls the whole destroyer out of the sky. I mean, that would just be epic. I, I uh I, I I let's let's get it done. Let's 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 write Disney right now. I want it. All right. So I think and we... don't forget, uh, it's just worth mentioning that the Sam Witwer plays the main character there. He plays Star Killer. Yeah, he plays he plays Star Killer, which is cool. Because uh, those of you who don't know, he is Maul in the cartoons and a bunch of other random voices as well. All right. So we're giving our stamp of the approval here that we want Force Unleashed adapted into something. 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's got to relax, got to tone it down a little bit. All right, so before we get to the current games here, I think we have to get to the big one, which everybody's want to talk about here. Nice Yellow Republic one and two. I have played through one in its entirety. I got through most of two. Two was the one that had issues with development because they rushed it out for Christmas. You had to cut whole planets. There's stuff missing, and that sort of killed the franchise. But uh, Nick, you know you have not played it yet. You know that Knights of Republic One is the, one of the most like historic Star Wars games of all time. I do. I've, I well, let's let's rephrase. I have played. I played about twenty minutes. Yeah, you said I've not gotten very far in the game. I played about twenty minutes on the plane on the way to my honeymoon, and I was like, "This is really hard to see because the Switch has a small screen." So I'm gonna play when I get home, and it's now been a year, and I haven't played. All right, so. Just to reset the storyline here in terms of this, uh, Nick is going to hop off audio for a second because he wants to play the game, not get spoiled in the big twist. Pete and I are up to speed on it, so Nick is off headset. We'll let him know to come back on here. So, Pete, the main story thrust here is that you, as near main character, you are on a ship protecting a Jedi named Bastila Shan, who has a special ability called uh, Battle Meditation that can swing battles between the Sith and the Republic and in their favor. You find out that Basically, you go on a mission to figure out what Darth Revan and Darth Malak were up to in the galaxy when they disappeared a number of years ago. 
you go on these missions, you find planets. About let's say about two thirds of the way through the game, you get captured by Malik's ship, and the big twist of all time, which I think is up there, I think in top three video game twists ever, is your character you've been playing with since for about like thirty hours at that point. You're a brainwashed Darth Revan, and you find out that basically they're using you, the Jedi Order, to try and figure out what happened here and what they what Malik and Revan were up to. So that's wild. I have been asking for this character for it has to be the entire podcast. Um, this needs to be made into a show. And I'm not talking about like a six or eight episode season show. I'm talking 12, 15 episode live action show. Um, because I feel like you can get a boatload of content from the games. So you can add some other stuff to it as well. And I just think the storyline, the twist is so good. And it's also not from any timeline we've explored either as of yet. And I think that's going to make it fresh and it's going to make it highly successful because like you had mentioned, Knights of the Old Republic is probably the most famous Star Wars game, except for maybe Battlefront. Um, biggest name maybe in general when it comes to Star Wars video game fans. This is something that should be on their radar today. Yeah, I would agree with this here because I think uh, I'm going to let Nick back in here. I think we covered the big twist here, but... I'm going to say that he's good to go. So I will say, Nick, in terms of this game itself, I think the thing I like here in terms of the situation with uh, Knights of Republic here is that if you watch The Last of Us here and you see like how much material they had to work with, there's enough material with this game that you could do a full season show. You could cut the game at certain points. You could cut the game at the big twist, then do season two, finish the first game. You could flush out the second game. You could add stuff in like with the Bill and Frank storyline. There are so many ways you go. I think this has to be a show. I think it's too much for a movie. That's what I was off audio. Are you talking Fallen in order? And no, I'm, talk- I'm still talking Nice the Old Public in terms of like, I just think there's so much. You told me we were good. I said you're cut the twist. I was telling well, you. We're not, we're not going to talk about the storyline. We're talking more that there's so much content. We feel like there can be multiple seasons of this no problem, just like The Last of Us has. Oh, I... I... I can't comment. I don't know. I was saying, somebody who's experienced this, I was telling you, I think that this would be fun to do something like this with this property. All right. I mean, it sounds right. I know it's a cool thing. I know there's a couple characters from there that people love, like Darth Bane. I've seen images of... I'm sorry, not Darth Bane. Darth Revan. Um, I've seen images of him. He looks like the man. And I know he kind of looks like Keanu Reeves. A little bit. Yeah, I, that's what they say. They say Keanu, like that. People always joke like Keanu Reeves would play him, but um, yeah, I, I'd love love to see it. It looks really cool. It looks like a really cool part of Star Wars. Yeah, and Nick, did you know that Darth Revan almost made it into uh, Clone Wars back in the day? I think I did know that. Yeah, and then there's another guy from the second one, right? Uh, I think there Nihilus. Nihilus, I think was also was also a great villain. Yeah, he like eats planets and or something like that. Yeah, I think. The second game was, I mentioned before, development issues in terms of like them having to rush it out for a Christmas release. But like, I think there's enough stuff here. This could be the Star Wars answer of The Last of Us, where you have like multiple, multiple seasons of this show. You get a the right actor to play Revan. And then in season two, like you have like, after you finish the first game, you have a whole new character who basically was a follower of Revan, who is trying to follow their own path in the same universe. You run some of the same old characters. I think that's fun. So what's actually really cool to me is, and I don't know if I agree with this, but this is how it is. If you appear in a deleted scene in something Star Wars related, you are still considered canon. That's pretty cool. So a deleted scene 
counts as a scene. Similar to, there was a deleted scene, I believe, in Attack of the Clones with Padme's parents in it. Yeah. And Anakin meets them. And that's considered a real scene. I like that's considered what actually happened. And the reason I bring that up is Revan was in a deleted scene in Clone Wars. So he's technically considered canon. He's also referenced, I think there's a, there was a Star Wars visual encyclopedia that came out around the time of the rise of Skywalker. He's mentioned in there. So he is in the canon. He has not been seen. Yeah. All right, so let's go on now to the last one. This is the Cal Kestis series here. We haven't finished Jedi Survivor yet. We're going to be still playing through that before we uh, talk to uh, Recovery Room Nick in a few weeks about this here. But, uh, Pete, in terms of the first game here and what we see in the second year, like, could we make this a show if we wanted? Could we make this a show or a movie? We could. But I would advise it to stay as a video game franchise, make a couple more after Survivor. I don't know how Survivor ends. I don't know what timeline it takes or what storyline it takes, excuse me, I should say. But I think this is probably best untouched for now. Not because I don't think it won't work, but I think at this point in time, you're still making the games just stay in the video game space with this. I think it works perfectly here. I don't think you need to adapt it at all. Yeah, Nick, I think also, P has a good point here in terms of the first one was great. The second one is getting buzz for Game of the Year candidate, which we haven't seen a Star Wars game since Knights of the Republic one. Like it could be the case can be made. You know, like we don't have to do this right now, but like let's let them make three and probably four, and then like maybe a few, like five years down the line, we start looking at doing something with this. Yeah. So um, I've played the game. I'm not done, but I can tell you this right now, and nothing that the game has done wrong it is not winning Game of the Year with, with Zelda out in the same time there's no way i would be absolutely unbelievably shocked if zelda did not win game of the year and um when it comes to this game i think it fits perfect as a game and i want to keep it that way but if we had to transfer it to a screen i think we transfer it to the small screen and have a show but I actually think the better way to go about this is to just put Cal in something. Give him a little cameo in some show, and that's all you need to do. I mean, you have the actor on payroll. I mean, he's been – his lights are being sold at, at uh, Disney Pete. So, I mean, I could see, you know, like maybe we bring Karen Monahan to something while we just say, look, he's here, and then we can figure him out later. I, I agree. Uh, I think that's the smart move. I'm surprised they haven't done it yet. I mean, we were predicting that he would be in something – uh, once they started selling the Cal Kestis lightsaber at their major parks. So I um, I think it's coming. I think it's in the pipeline. Obviously, nothing confirmed that we know, but I have a hunch that this is going to, this character is going to show up in live action before it has its own show. All right. So I think we're in pretty good shape here. I think we've sent two couple through. Nice Little Republic has made it through as the answer to The Last of Us in terms of a show. We have, we want a Force Unleashed movie here. And, we are still toying with Rogue Squadron stuff and Jedi Knight stuff in terms of like what we could see. Yeah, let's get a Shadows of the Empire remake. And we, we want to remake Shadows of the Empire. That's correct also. Yeah, we want to remake uh, on, the, on the series. Or right. the game, rather. Video game, though. That's a good spot here. So next week, we're going to sort of stick in the movie realm a little bit here because we got the big news from Celebration P about the new movies coming out here. So we're going to take a look back at the five movies that Disney has released after they acquired the property and say... What worked? What didn't work? What can we learn before these next couple movies are made? How can we try and make things better going forward? 
Yeah, um, I'm excited for that discussion. I'm curious to see what you guys think about those movies. All right, so that's all we got for this week. I thank you guys for coming on here. Nick, uh, one more time. If you want to follow us on the social media accounts, how can they do that? At Sky Guys Podcast, both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Pete, people want to follow you on social media. How can they do that? At PJ Constory 29 on Twitter. All right, you can also follow me on Twitter, mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. That's all for us here on this episode of the podcast. Coming up next week, a little movie chatter here. We're going to talk about all that stuff here. That's going to come up right then. Until then, may the force be with you.